Big D, a.k.a. The People's Preacher, and you tune in to another exciting episode of the AB Podcast. And like I say every week, we're going to have a good time in the Lord. I'm excited. Hopefully you're excited. Um, we want to continue to pray for my brother, Carlos Gomez, who's in the uh, hospital right now. And um, he's uh, dealing with some head trauma. Praise God. He's out of the ICU. He's uh, there uh, recuperating. And uh, we just want to continue to, to pray for him and the Gomez family. And we want to thank everybody that's been giving financial, that's been praying. Uh, we really appreciate it. But, but you know, one thing we know is the Lord is uh, the great physician. And you, we know that God uses doctors and he uses medicine. And so we believe that God is going to continue to use those doctors and those specialists to help my brother to recover. So we know God's in the midst. God's in the healing business. And so, again, I want to thank everybody for all their love and support. And tonight, like I say, is a special night. And I say that every time because it just gets better and just gets better and better. And tonight, I got this brother coming on. Uh, I just recently got to know him just a little bit. I've been following him on social media. I've been seeing what he was doing. And um, sometimes what we like to call divine appointments, where God just puts people together you didn't plan on being there. You didn't know he was going to be there. And so we met up uh, recently and we had a good conversation. Uh, I was uh, blessed to be there as he began to share uh, his life with us. He began to share vision, what God has put in his heart, this uh, new season in his life. And uh, I was just blessed to be there. And so, um, yeah, man, we're going to uh, get to know my brother tonight. So with no further ado, he's a pastor. He's a husband. He's a father, he's a preacher, he's a teacher, he's an evangelist, he's a missionary, he's a podcaster, he's an influencer. Uh, he becomes all things to all men. Amen. So give it up real quick for my brother, your brother from another mother, Gabriel Menchaca. What's good, brother? How we doing? Hey, how's it going, man? Thanks for having me on, David, man. I'm excited to do this. Hey, Amen. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little nervous because, you know, sometimes, you know, when you're interviewing somebody at your caliber, and, and I'm not brown nosing, brother. I really look up to you. I see you as a man, a man of God, a man of quality and excellence. And uh, you're doing a, a amazing work for the Lord. And and tonight, I know we're going to highlight some of those things. But uh, talk to us, man. Tell us what's going on in your life right now. Uh, I know you say you got you're in your new place, and yeah. so talk to us, man. Yeah. Well, first off, thank you uh, just for uh, sharing those kind words. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, just we're, we're kind of in a season of transition for our home. Mm -hmm. um, we are always aiming to set up our home to, to be a position to, to best serve as far as what we feel called to do. And so, um, you know, the pandemic was something that changed a lot of things for a lot of people. So for us, we actually went through that season with not any major issues because it kind of set us up for some good stuff. Amen. But coming out of that season, we're, we're really kind of re-examining and saying like, okay, I think we should shift this a little bit. So we just moved into this, uh, this new place and um, yeah, it's been pretty, pretty uh, busy. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, that's where we're at right now. That's what we're doing. But uh, yeah, I don't know. You got, maybe you got some questions for me specifically about some background stuff or, Amen. Well, first of all, we want to do is we always want to, first of all, before we dig into your life, yeah, um, we really want to, uh, I know that, you know, like you said, you know, going through the stuff that we went through in the last couple of years, um, 
what happened with a lot of people, either people went forward or people went backwards. And yeah. the sad part about it is there's a lot of people who haven't really recovered from the quarantines, the the um it's a lot of people lost jobs, uh people people, you know, lost family members and yeah. it was just a lot. And so for some of us, it was a time for our faith was was tested. You know, where were we at? Where was our where um, you know where was our walk based on? Was it God? Was it foundation or was it Jesus? Was it a building? Was it a man? Was it a ministry? Was it a job? Was it our wives? And 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 through it all, you know, uh, the only thing that I had was the word. You know, God's God's word, God's promises. And so I know that you have a, a scripture you want to share. Did you still yeah. share? So go yeah. ahead and share that share that scripture with us real quick. And uh, so you and if you got to preach, brother, you got to preach. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll be careful with that because, you know, preachers can go along. Uh, but I think for me, a scripture that is is something that I constantly am reminded of. I read. I just look at it as kind of like a piece of my life. Um, it's Philippians 1, 6. It's being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And um, essentially, it gave me this thought of carry us through. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's what, that's the name of my podcast. But actually, it was the name of my band. I was a, I was a vocalist for a metalcore band. Oh, hey now. 11, 12 years ago. Um and so that was the name of the band. And that scripture was really, it came to me in, a, in a, a place in my life where I felt like, okay, I think I failed. I think I've, I think I failed at this God. Like, um, I don't like, can I do the things that you, you thought, or I thought I was supposed to do anymore. And I remember the scripture, just the Holy spirit speaking to me. And it was actually another band. It's in their song. And so I'm listening to this song and this, this, this verse comes out and he says this part of scripture and it was just, it just hit me like, man, like really that's true. Like whatever God started in you, he's going to complete it, but we have to hold on to him. Like that's, that's the part for me where, you know, even during the pandemic, all the things going on, there was a lot of loss. There definitely a lot of loss happened, but at the same time, there was a lot of things being found. Um, I have a friend who's, he lost his father. And great guy, awesome guy, man. The, uh, you know, he was a close family friend of our family. Uh, he passed away, but his son, you know, was just someone who he, he knew the goodness of God. He knew he knew about God, but he wasn't in relationship with him. And in mm. that loss of his father, he held on to who his father in heaven is. So you see him now, and he's just he's just hungry to know our father in heaven. And so, like, you know, even in all the loss, there's something there that God's still working on. And I like I truly believe that, that, you know, he who began a good work in you will complete it. And so the idea, the, the I guess, like for me, for our home, it's just this encompassing idea to carry us through. Like whatever you started, Lord, like we believe that you're going to finish it in us and whatever it is we're doing, uh, however it is we're serving, you know, in whatever part of life, work, ministry, family. We're trusting that we're holding on to God and that he's going to finish everything he started. So that's a big scripture for me. And yeah, mm. that's kind of a condensed thought. <laughs> no, amen. You know what? I, I tell everybody, you know, um, so much uh, tragedy has happened in the last couple years. Yeah. 
but so much great God has done some great things. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen, you know, God move through uh, evangelism and and uh, the church going out into the street, people coming, people hungry for God. I remember there was a time where, you know, in this last couple of years, like I would be like asking people for you want prayer? Yeah, I want prayer or people coming up to you and wanting prayer. So so in the midst of everything, like you're saying, you know, through the, through death and through lack and through tragedy that God has actually just like blown me away. Like, wow, like we can focus on all the stuff that was going on, but God was just, he's just been moving. And, um, you know, I was telling someone the other day, like uh, we were, we were talking about like, man, you know, like there's like somewhat of a, like a remnant, I guess you could say there's a, there's a, there's a group of people in the body that are for the, for such a time as this. And I know that's like a, something that all the churches say to stir up the young people. It's our time. But I'm like, you know what? Anytime we could have been born, anytime we could have been alive, why now? And so, mm-hmm. yeah, man, God has been good. Um, you know, uh, he's been faithful. Like you said, like you, yeah. during this uh, quarantine and, and, the, and all this coronavirus stuff, like I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a brag on God. Like it was bad. But like God was graceful and he kept me and my family too. Mm. You know, we, uh, we, he, he really showed up and showed off and, and, you know, where other people, and and like I was telling my wife, like things could have been so much different. They could have been so different for us and God was just graceful. And, uh, you know, we didn't lack the whole time. We had more than enough. I didn't lose my job. My wife lost her job, but she had that stimulus money. So we was doing good on that. But uh, yeah, man, God has just been graceful. So I know that, you know, you talked about the quarantine and the season and stuff. And uh, you talked about, um, but maybe you could share a little bit about maybe one of the, um, maybe the biggest lessons you learned or maybe a principle you learned or something that you learned that kind of helped you like realign or, kind of like shifted your your thinking like I tell people if you were paying attention God was showing us he was he was showing us some things yeah so, yeah what about you brother Talk yeah man um, I would say that one of the biggest lessons I learned is that you know I had a vision for doing this digital first ministry meaning we do everything online that's the emphasis that's the first place we're gonna put everything and uh, we were in Europe and then we we came back and we, we said, you know what, let's take a year and let's just get settled. And there was almost like a prompting about six months in to just get started. And I thought like, this is my immaturity. <laughs> this is my not wanting to get settled or, or, you know, like this and that. I just wanted to go. I wanted to start. Um, at about the, I think it was like the 10, 11 month mark, we started seeing signs of the pandemic being inevitable. And I, I would say this, I do believe that the Holy Spirit was prompting me to actually start. And I waited and I waited and, and I feel like looking back, I think I should have trusted that the Holy Spirit was prompting me and I was supposed to be on his timing. And I think that was a huge lesson for me because looking back, um, we essentially jumped in with everybody else when we would have actually been kind of already in action. So and that's not to say that's anything bad or, or like horribly negative for us, but I just look back and think like, man, like why didn't I just start? <laughs> so I think that's a huge lesson for me during the pandemic of really just trusting 
the prompting of the Holy Spirit to say, you know, go. Um, don't wait until you feel comfortable or, mm-hmm. or till you feel like everything's in order. And we were like, it's not our household's never in chaos or anything like that. It was just kind of like, you know, let's get let's get set up. You know, let's put money aside. Let's do this. You know, like, and so I think that's a huge lesson. So for me, looking back, I think the pandemic taught me stop, like, to really just trust the Holy Spirit is prompting you. You know, um, and I think there's some maturity in that because there's some people who would probably they should wait in some things. Yeah. And, you know, you have to kind of have a wise counsel around you. So, yeah, that's a big lesson for me for the pan- from the pandemic specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm just, on top of that, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think on top of that, just like uh, I think, I think with the the people that that we lost, like those around us, I think there was a lot of man. Like I, you know, I wish I I would have reached out or connected with them. And obviously, we were all in quarantine, so that couldn't happen. But I think some of it, looking back, I feel like I think I could spend a little bit more time just trying to reach out, just trying to connect, you know, even relationships that have been lost or, or uh, severed, just trying to reconnect, you know, cause time goes and mm-hmm. you get comfortable, just not in relationship. So I feel like that was also something that kind of woke me up of just like, Hey man, why not connect with them? Why not go have coffee? Why not just reach out? Just say hi. So that's a big thing too. Those, those two things. Hey man, I know uh, I heard I, I love quotes, and I heard this guy say, "If you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans." Right. <laughs> and uh, man, you know what? You're 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 right on with the whole uh, reconnecting, um, telling people about God. I think when you started, I see I work I work in a hospital, and I remember at one point we had like almost three hundred patients, mm. and uh, the whole hospital we were like, "Man, are we gonna totally become a COVID?" hospital like you know I, you know just tons of death cold blues all day and it really like it really shook me because you know we're 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 somebody reached us somebody was crazy enough to tell us about jesus and uh maybe we can st- stay here a little bit because i've caught myself being so like uh like uh it, uh, I don't know if the word is like four walls all day in oh, yeah. church all the time, all the time and thinking, okay, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And during the pandemic, the Lord's like, nah, like you, you that's good, but I need you to get out there. I need you to tell people about Jesus. I need you to step out. And so for, for someone like me, you would think it'd be so easy. Like, oh, he's probably talking to everybody, but you, I, I became very churchy. And uh, I be I became like, you know, okay. I go to church. I, I I put all my effort into the ministry, and during the pandemic, you know, like Lord, what do you want me to do? And so we begin to get creative with me and my kids. We've been going standing on corners with signs and praying for people, and uh, yeah, man, the Lord was uh, definitely doing that with a lot of us because it was kind of like, a, okay, we had to wake up. Yeah. Because, you know, every other day you're you're seeing a post. So-and-so passed. You're getting phone calls. So-and-so passed. And you're just like, what? It's like it was just consistently. And and still to this day, you know, every time you turn around, you think it's over, but it's not over. Mm-hmm. So, you know, man, but it, there's definitely an urgency for evangelism. When it comes to you, you know, uh, as, a, as, a, as a pastor, as a, as a missionary, you know, you do a lot, you've done a, 
a lot of things in your walk with God. How important it is to you to 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 continue to be like have that 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 like uh, that spirit of like an evangelist. Like, is there an urgency? Do you see there? You feel like you're you have an urgency? Yeah, I, like I would say this. Like, I would say things shifted from. Um, uh, okay, and this is where maybe the 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 churchiness or the Christianese comes in. I was going to say that. that I, think, you guys. I think what happens is that we perpetuate this cycle of like, you know, if you grew up in church or if you're in church, you know, we have outreach. Okay. Mm -hmm. So like, oh, you better be at outreach. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's uh, Tuesday. It's Saturday. It's Sunday, whatever day you guys are doing it. And, um, and then you show up to outreach, you go, you pass out a flyer, you pray with somebody, you do this and that. But the reality hits of who did you reach out to? Meaning who was actually, you know, touched by the gospel? Who did the Holy Spirit speak to in this moment? And so I think what has hit me more is being sensitive to, okay, Holy Spirit, are you leading me in this? Or am mm -hmm. I just trying to fill the quota or the, you know, the, the, um, the Tuesday night thing that we do every night or, you know, like or every Tuesday night or Friday night. Um, am I just trying to do what we always do? Or am I really saying like, Lord, how do I serve you? Not, not how do I serve the system or the organization? Mm. How do I serve you? And so for example, like uh, I grew up going in outreaches and I'm not saying any of it was bad. It was, we reached people with it. But I would say that there were moments in, in Europe when uh, even in coming back where it was just like the Holy Spirit set it up. Like you just walked into this moment and all you did was be there. You're, you're, you weren't like a, a theologian. It was just like you were there and you prayed with somebody. You shared the, the scripture with them and the Holy Spirit was doing everything. And so I feel like that for me is the urgency. It's not. Um, you know, fulfill the, the quota, fulfill the agenda, fulfill the schedule, you know, get things done because this is what, what we've always done. It's, it's Holy Spirit, are you leading me in this? How am I being sensitive to what you're saying? That's the big thing for me, the urgency that I feel at least. Um, even being here in the States, there was a moment we are, um, well, I don't know how much I can speak on that because <laughs> so basically I came into the situation where a guy was having a moment of crisis. So and I'm like a real crisis. Police were there and ambulance were there. So he comes out of his, his apartment and I'm, I'm there with him. And basically I ask him, I say, cause I, this is, I felt the Holy spirit tell me to do this, pray with him. So I said, Hey man, listen, I'm a Christian. Would you be okay if I just prayed with you? It was, is that okay for you? And he was like, like, yeah. And he was pretty like calm in his demeanor. But the minute I started praying, just he just started like weeping, like crying. And I, it was just like this moment of like, okay, so like, I don't want to ruin this. Like, so I'm just praying with him. And I, and I just, you know, talked with him a little bit. And I said, you're going to be okay. Just trust God. And then he stopped and he, and he did, you know, the, the, the sign of yeah, the cross. Yeah, yeah. So, and then he was like, thank you so much. Uh, um, I, I just, I think I needed that. And it was just that moment where it was for me, like, that's 
those moments. Mm, Someone is impacted. It's not you. You were just saying, Lord, okay. <laughs> like, what do you want me doing? And I think that's the big deal. That's the urgency for me. Cause I mean, you could, you could go on an outreach and be a jerk. Like, mm, come on. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. We've been there. We've been there. Yeah. You can go on an outreach, be a jerk. You can go on an outreach and say the wrong things. Um, Cause you, you think you have to say something. You can go on an outreach and, and throw out horrible theology. <laughs> um, you know, just, there's a lot of things that can happen that I think we, we do things. Cause again, we're perpetuating the cycle of, what the organization or the system is saying, you have to do this to be a good Christian. So fulfill that. And then, you know, you can check it off for the week. Mm. That's, that's for me. And that, and that's, I don't want to say that too negatively because I think no, there is no, no. positive things in that. But I think in this no. season, that has been my heart, my urgency. Definitely. Um, I've been there too, bro, where, you know, I have uh, just uh, in the motion, you know, for face value, I'm a yes. leader. I gotta be there, and uh, not going in the right with the right motives. That theology, I like that one. Uh, being a jerk, uh, saying things because I got this. Man, you just hit on everything that you know we do, and and it's good because those are the things that I think we need to check, and someone maybe needs to check us because, like, when we're it's sometimes when we're doing the work of the Lord, we we all we gotta check our motives why we're doing it and then what, what what's the what's the heart behind it yeah you know like i've i remember you know in uh, years I, I could say that i was just in the motion face mm -hmm. value you know going doing things and um and you know and, and 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 like you say maybe with a bad heart a bad mentality a bad theology and so i think you know uh, checking those okay you know that's it's it's bigger than that. It's more than that. It's uh it's about souls and it's about reaching people. And uh, yeah, man, I tell everybody, you know, we're not called, you know, we're called to build the kingdom, not empires. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we're building empires and we're building names outside of churches and organizations. And and this is what we do and this is how we do it. And um, yeah, man, good stuff, good stuff. So let's let's talk a little bit about uh, uh you as a youngin. You know, youngin. You know, where'd you grow up? How was the family dynamic? And then, um, I know uh, I don't know too much of your story. I kind of like not knowing people's stories, so that I'm right here learning with you. Because yeah. I, I tell people like, do you study your people? I'm like, no, I don't. I like I like to be like, ooh, because sometimes I feel like if I have a long conversation with somebody, I'm just like, yeah, yeah. But like, talk to us. Like, you know, where did you grow up? A little bit about the family dynamic, and then maybe we'll get into. You know how uh, the Lord got a hold of you? Yeah. Okay. So um, it, it's not really anything crazy. You didn't gang bang and kill people. Yeah, I didn't get shot drugs. three times. <laughs> I was a drug dealer. No, nothing like that. Me um, either. So that's cool. Uh, essentially, like I come from a family who a lot of them struggled with alcoholism, and um, I guess what we would, I not not. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The abused sub substance abuse. That's that's the word. That's the term I'm looking for. So I come from that family. Um, my grandfather, my my dad. I had uh, six uncles. So all of them dealt with these issues. So my dad 
was in a Jack in the Box years ago. I think it was the 70s. Yeah, 70, 70 something, 72, 73, somewhere around there. And he was hung over from being out all night. And an old friend of his saw him and said, Robert, you need Jesus. And they gave him a flyer to a concert. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they gave him a flyer to a concert, a Christian concert. And they said, Robert, you need Jesus. So he goes to this concert. And basically the band shares the gospel from the stage. And my dad hears the gospel, you know, for the first time and literally does the sinner's prayer, like all that, and then gets connected into a church. And then he goes back and witnesses to his family. And basically, I think everyone except for like one or two uncles were really actually actively involved in ministry full time at the end of their lives. Um, you know, I still have a few uncles alive. But um, yeah, everybody was involved in ministry. But that essentially was my background of where Christianity was introduced into our family. And so um, <laughs> can we pause this real fast? My, my son is yelling and he's just singing a song or something. So I don't know if you can pick that up. No, it's cool, man. It's cool. Okay. This is what we do. This is what we do. This is what we okay. do. Um, no worries. And that's why I love. I, I, that's why I'm like, you know what? My daughter is actually standing behind the camera right here, throwing okay. gang signs at me and dancing, <laughs> and I'm just like, Are you serious? And my wife comes in and she does weird stuff, but no, no, it's cool, man. This okay. is what it, it, I, 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 I'm not. I'm not sophisticated. I, I don't. I tell people whatever's gonna go wrong, it's probably gonna go wrong on my podcast. I'm cool <laughs> with that though. Okay. So yeah. So essentially, that's where Christianity was introduced to our family, and um. I grew up, my dad, when I was born, I was born in uh, 84, my dad went and started, he was a church planter, so he went and started a church in Fresno, California. So I was born in Los Angeles, and we were here, I think, like a couple months, and then we moved to Fresno. My dad started a church in Fresno, and uh, and then from there, he, and that church grew, um, and had, I think, about a hundred, a couple hundred people, something like that. Um, he handed that over to another pastor and then we went into Puerto Rico and then Santo Domingo. And we were, uh, we planted a church in Puerto Rico in Santo Domingo. Um, I think what happened was there was some sort of like civil uprising. So it became very volatile and not safe for Americans. So he, what he just did instead was reach out to pastors and started doing like local conferences and, and networking with them. And then from, uh, Santo Domingo, we went into Texas, into Dallas, Texas. And so my dad started a church in Dallas, Texas. And basically I spent the majority of my youth there. So I, I was in and around Dallas, but at the same time we had direct connection to California, our entire families, you know, back here in California. So I was going back and forth, you know, for summer, every, once a year at minimum. So yeah, uh, yeah it was LA and Dallas were like, Dallas was the place I lived. LA was the place I wanted to be because, <laughs> nice. you know, your friends and your family, they're, you know, you're like, oh, dude, that's the better place. But um, yeah, so I spent time in Dallas, grew up there, uh, got involved in ministry about like 15, 16. I was involved before because my dad's a pastor. So it was like, yeah, yeah. hey, clean the church. Hey, we need a bass player for the worship team. Hey, we need a drummer. We need a guitarist. When you're a pastor's kid, you just do everything, right? Exactly. Exactly. One question I have for you. So you yeah. go from you go from what what was the city called? 
uh, I forgot the city, but it was Santo Domingo. It was the you go uh, from there to Dominican Texas. Republic. You yeah. go from there to Texas. Like, what is like? And you're like, you're still a kid, right? Yeah. So how does that like? You just go from one extreme to another. You know what? I think I think because we had such a a, a solid home. Okay. Uh, it, it wasn't too chaotic for us. You know, my, my mom and dad were there. Okay. They had a solid marriage, no, nothing crazy going on at home. So we were able to make these moves with, with not too much friction or anything like that. Um, but yeah, so it, it wasn't that crazy for us. What about culture wise? Like you go from like, you know, that, that, that Spanish to like, howdy, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. What, what, what was that? How was that? Well, I, I will say this. I will say that because I was so young. Okay. Uh, all I really remember. Okay, I'll say this. I had one time what I thought was a dream. Okay. So I shared it with my parents. I was like, man, one time I think I had this dream that I went to this like village and all these dark skinned people like they were they were black, but they were speaking Spanish. And they were all touching me mm-hmm. like they were like touching my arms. And, and I remember sharing that with my mom and my dad. And they're like, no, 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 no. My dad said that actually happened. Wow. He says, when you were a kid, he said, I took you to this village because he went to go preach in this little church. And he said, but they had never seen somebody so light skinned. <laughs> so they literally came out and they were like touching you. And I was like, wow. what the heck? I thought that was a dream. And he was like, no, 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 that actually happened. He said, so um, my mom had told him, you better not let him go. So he said he literally held me the whole time because they were so like interested in like, you know, oh my gosh, this, what's this little white thing? <laughs> you know, like, You're going to so, try to keep you on. Huh? Yeah, it was just, it was just Start so worshiping different. you and stuff. <laughs> it was so different that they was just like, it was like, whoa, you know? So um, yeah, basically like something like that to going to a place like Dallas, Texas, was I was normal again. Oh, okay. So okay. it wasn't too crazy. Um, yeah, it was. It was like yeah, I got so many stories on the on the other stuff there. But like um, yeah, basically going from the uh, Puerto Rico, uh, Fresno, Puerto Rico, Santo Domingo, Dallas, Texas, and then at eighteen I moved back to LA uh, to go to school. And yeah, life took on a whole different path from there <laughs> so at 18 years old you're talking about regular school or bible college bible college i went i came i came to california to go to uh, jack hayford's bible college okay uh, i never finished um basically just i at that point i was doing the the band stuff so that be kind of became center of everything else so you're in a, a metal band you said yeah, it was a metal core band yeah Christian metal band or just regular? Yeah, Christian. Talk to us about that. Like, you know, like when people say hip hop back in the 90s, you're like hip hop. But like you and that kind of band, like talk to us. Like what's the like explain the music and and <laughs> maybe a story or two. I don't know. Yeah, no, it was it was the, the exact type of setting that you're you're kind of reacting with. That it was just like, what was that? Like, what is that? You know, yeah. uh, I think for. Uh, my brother and I, when we were about 15, 16, we, we got really involved with music. Um, even in Dallas, we were in bands. Uh, I worked at a music venue and, you know, a huge part of the music industry 
learning a lot. And I got connected with a guy in Texas who basically established like a small, like, I don't know how to explain it. Um, basically he set up this like warehouse and it turned into like all these concerts and concert venues and bars, this whole strip. So this guy started this. And so this guy was the guy I was working under and he just taught us so much, man. So we learned a lot about the music industry, booking concerts, booking bands, you know, learning about contracts, writers, um, and all that stuff like that. So, um, we were heavily involved with music. Uh, my brother joined a band, started touring, um, throughout like the Midwest. And I think he went into like, like New Mexico a few times or something like that, but he went around. And so, you know, I was hanging out with him. We had our own little band and, uh, turn 18, I go back, moved to LA. And because I had already been involved a lot with the, you know, concert scene and all that stuff, we, st I still was involved in it when I got to LA. So I just kind of connected with a few guys and actually I started another band and um, kind of a quick backstory. I started another band and I, for me, my pursuit was to share the gospel through the music. It was literally like, if we're good, people will pay attention. Mm, so let's have a good band and then we share the gospel with them. Because these are the people that are not going to church. They're not going to go to church. They're they're anti-Christian. They're anti-church. They're anti-God. Uh, they're the people who their church hurt parents raised them to say, you know, forget mm. the church. You know what I mean? Like, so they're the ones who hate okay. it. So I wanted to reach those people. So we start. I started this band with these other guys. Come to find out that all these guys are basically like getting drunk every weekend. Uh, I didn't know any of this because they didn't, you know, they didn't call me to go hang out with them. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. they were all getting drunk. And so literally we had our first and last show on the on the first. We booked a show. We went to, went to go play it. And I found everything out. And I said, so this is my first and last show with this band. So I'll be mm -hmm. looking for another band after this. <laughs> so I literally, oh like, yeah, that was it. I was done with them because I was like, no, like, um, I want to be with dudes who actually want to be on the same mission. So then I got connected with these other guys who they had actually – released their vocalist because they found out that he was like dabbling in like substance abuse and like started getting drunk every weekend. And so they were like, and we're trying to be a Christian band. So kind of fit perfectly. And Come so, so he connected. ended up in that other band. He ended up just leaving. I don't know what, oh, I don't he didn't know. get that other band that you got no, that no, band. No. He got this band. <laughs> no, no, no. You guys did a switch. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So I connected with these guys and it really was God, man. Like, uh, these guys really, we grown, we grew close. Uh, even now, I'm still in relationship with the majority of them, and we really were missional in in the mm -hmm. the goal mm -hmm. of that. So it was heavy music. It wasn't anything like, for me, this is what I felt. I felt like worship as a genre uh, shouldn't exist. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and I say that with like you know apprehension to not confuse anybody. But like I believe worship is is a lifestyle. It's it's not a, a come type on, come of music. It's literally mm. just like like we worship in spirit and truth. You know, like how do you do that with a genre? You know, like so for me, worship was essentially what we did from our like from who we are to God. And so that was the idea with that heavy music. I was like, you can't even get any more real or raw or genuine with somebody screaming their head off. <laughs> you know, like, so did you have like long hair? No, 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 no. So it was, okay. it was more like, um, so there was metal, 
and but it was also like there was a lot of like hardcore music so um that's very foreign to, uh, what you're saying is foreign to me so like yeah 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 you're like yeah, metal so, um when i think of metal i think of guys with long hair just going nah, you know just going crazy guy no, there was I, that. okay okay there was that but it, so we you, we were like a blend we reached those mm. guys with the long hair and the guys that were like um I don't know, man. I don't know how to explain it. If you don't know, it's hard to explain that. Now yeah, that yeah, yeah. But I'll so say this. You, so were you making music, uh, not to cut you off, were yeah. your intentions to make music, you seen, because you get a lot of artists nowadays. I, I know a lot of hip-hop artists, and a lot of them say, I don't make music for the church, but I'm a Christian. Mm -hmm. I make music for the unbeliever, and if the believer appreciates it, praise God. If they get ministered, that's good. So when you were doing that music, for it seems like, you were more trying to reach the unbeliever. So, okay, I would say this. <laughs> it was almost like an idealist position. Mm. Um, what I prayed and hoped for was that we would have a concert and that the Holy Spirit would move and people literally would know the lyrics and sing together. And it would be like this like giant worship service that happens like out of God moving. You know, like mm. not like, not like out of, oh, we went to church and we're all clapping and singing. Like at a concert venue, dirty, people messed up and, and yeah. got just moving. Like that's mm -hmm. what I envisioned. So like it wasn't it wasn't like to say like I wanted to exclude um, church people. I, yeah. Like I, as a matter of fact, I wanted to bring more church people into that scene because I felt like, dude, like this, this is what we learned. Because uh, my brother and I were very like we wanted to reach the lost. You want to reach Christians bring Christian artists up. Mm. If you want to reach the loss, bring non-Christian artists in. Because that for me is they're going to come to that because that's who they're listening to. Now, now you have a lot of it, like, you know, especially you have guys like Lecrae. Um, uh, I think it's NF. Like a lot of these huge yeah, yeah. artists, they're reaching both markets, Christian and secular. So you put a concert on and people are just going to come because they're fans of the music. So that really didn't exist, what we were doing. Nobody was that famous. So it was kind of like we just had to have a goal, and it was really to reach the loss. But at the same time, it wasn't to exclude the Christians. Yeah, it was like, dude, come in, like, be part of this. So, yeah, so essentially, like, the music thing was a big deal for us as far as, like, evangelism. Like, it was our um, – what are those – You know, I don't know if – uh, Victory Outreach had what's that? That play was it, or it was Duke of Earl? Duke of Earl, straight from the hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they they was, had, that like, was yours. Like that. Uh, Praise Chapel, um, uh, that Christian fellowship. They had a, a play called like Homie, Don't You Know Me. Um, well, you know my pops was in that. Oh, really? My my, my mother married uh, married uh, some guy uh, some guy for a little while, and he was in that Homie, Don't You Know Me. Yeah, wow. it was crazy. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So they had their methods utilizing um, kind of like from from basically an artistic perspective, they were taking something that was culturally relevant and putting that in front of people and giving the gospel message through that. So essentially, the idea was take the music and do the same thing. Mm. So that's what that's what the goal was, man. If we but the thing was this, like we we hated um, bad music, like. You would Christian bands would come and it would be yeah. like, what the heck is this? Like, 
No wonder why nobody. There's a lot of that out there. Yes. yes. So yeah. So yeah, that was the big deal for us. And even now, like I still, I'm a huge supporter of like people who are doing music, um, really from the depth of who they are, with the gospel message. Like, meaning if it's in the song, if it's from them speaking it, um, but with that attached, but from like some real genuine place of like, it's good. They're talented, you know? So, yeah. Amen. So as we, we, we continue to talk a little bit more about the music, um, what, can, what kind of uh, words of in, uh, encouragement or direction would you give to someone who's trying to maybe do the same thing as you, you know, like when it comes to stepping outside the box, uh, doing things differently when it comes to, to music, like what were some of the things that helped you, motivated you, maybe uh, when it was just you and your brother, you know, uh, we don't do it that way. Cause you know, when hip hop showed up, it was the devil. Yeah. Um, I'm sure what you were doing, it, it, people were saying was the devil. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, so what, what kind of encouragement you, can you give? Cause you know, uh, music has always been a, as a, has always been a great tool. Yeah, you know, but sometimes the church doesn't understand it at first. So yeah. talk to us a little bit about that. Number one, I would say find the ones that get it. Mm. Find the ones that get it. Get get around them because number one, um, they'll help you understand different perspective. Number two, get not I, and this is I want to be careful with how I'm saying this. Uh, Learn to understand your demographic. Learn to understand. No, no, definitely, definitely. And uh, and then utilize that information to better target and to better reach. You know, like I think that's the big thing where we, growing up in church, it was like, you know, you know, sister. I don't know. I'm just Mary Clarence. You know, what's the sister act? I'm, this I'm just making up a word, making up a name. She goes up to sing and everybody's like, oh man, that was horrible. But it's, it's in, it's what is in her heart that mattered. Mm. For me, I was like, no, it's not what mattered. That was horrible. She should (laughs) never sing again. She should never be on stage and try that again. She needs to go home, understand that that's not her gifting. (laughs) Like, and that's that's harsh a little, but at the same time, it's kind of like, but dude, like if you're not good at it, Learn to understand that. So, like, for me, that was a big deal. If we weren't good, okay, let's do something else. <laughs> so. Is it, is it, okay, how do you do that? Okay, so I got friends, and they're probably going to get, I'm not going to say who, because they probably know <laughs> what I'm talking about. I have friends that are not really great at what they're trying to do. And so I always ask people, can you tell your homie he's whack? Can you tell him he's whack? And then maybe he needs to go back and ask the Lord if this is really what he's called to do. How do you do that? And if, have you had to do that? Yes. How do you do that in a, because how hard it's, it's sometimes I tell people, it's really hard to tell somebody you you're whack at something that you're doing for the Lord. Like, well, and, and that's, that's that place where like, we don't want to hurt people's feelings. Yes. But I mean, the, the reality is, as a brother or a sister in Christ, if you don't have a relationship with them, you shouldn't say anything. Amen. That's a good one. Okay. Like, like honestly, if you, if you don't have that real relationship with them, keep your mouth shut. But if you have real relationship with them, mm. be honest. Just like say, hey, listen, this is good. This is not. Mm. And then okay. they're like, 
you know, maybe they're offended, maybe they're hurt. In that moment, you have the ability because you have relationship to say, look, I will tell you the truth. Like, I want you to be successful in whatever it is you do, but this is what's good and this is not. So maybe you can work on this. Maybe we can sit, put some time together, sit down. How do we redevelop this? Uh, you know, reassess it. Just look at it. How do we get better at this? And that's, that's the biggest thing because it comes down to relationship. Because if you don't have a relationship, you're really just, you're condemning, you're hurting, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're definitely, hating, definitely. as they say, the haters. Couple. Um, no, no, definitely. I like that first one. Like, yeah, yeah. That first one, you know, like, relationships. You know, I got friends, like, I'm like, okay, I got a relationship with this guy. He's asking me what I think about this song. Should I just tell him it's trash? Or should I be, like, give him some good criticism? Or just straight out tell him, hey, bro. You're maybe not called to be a rapper, a singer, whatever. You're not a poet, bro. You're not a poet. But anyways. Well, you, you assessing it. Well, first off, I'll say this. Um, we had some minor success. Mm-hmm. So I was able to speak from a place of saying, like, we have some success. Okay, okay. So it wasn't, like, from a place of, like, I'm doing nothing. Let me critique what you're doing. Mm, come okay? on. So I spoke from that place of like, look, I've done concerts. We, we've done sets with, with larger or well-known names. So we've learned how to really establish this or not do this. We've learned from these things. But at the same time, you're assessing it from that place of your capability, your capacity. Because if you don't have that success, it's kind of hard to really, you know, bring someone into that. So and a lot of that is really saying the reality of where you're at. How can you help those around you? And then knowing, uh, you know, they say stay in your lane. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes just staying in your lane. Just saying like, like, look, I don't got to speak on that. You know, if they're going to do that, the, hey, it's on them. Now, if they come to you and ask you, what do you think of this? Do you just listen once? You know, I'm not saying you. I'm saying like for me, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the process would be like someone comes to me and says, what do you think of this? Okay, let's look at the whole thing. What are they asking me? What do I think of the song? What do I think of the album? You know, this and that, blah, blah, blah. So for me, I'm looking at the presentation. I'm looking at the even the mix of the recording, like, like all of that stuff. So I can identify that's a really good mix, but your course is not good. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, really coming from that place of in-depth analysis to say, like, I've listened. I've, I've spent some time trying to understand what you're trying to do. And so this is what I see. And so, and again, that comes down to relationship because if you really do care, I mean, you're really going to put some time and effort into it. Um, but I would say this, it, it's hard. It's, it's hard. Cause like you do want people to keep trying. Yeah. So that's why you encourage the strength they have and the good that's, that they're doing. Mm, okay. Cause you don't want them to give up. Cause essentially like someone or, you know, maybe five, 10 years from now, they could be a solid recording artist, but in this point in time, they're not. So you don't want to kill it because that's why relation is so important. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Amen. Oh, amen. Good stuff. Good stuff. So now we're going to take a, a real, uh, like a quick turn, uh, yeah. go left. So uh, I really, the, the goal is to really just share your vision. Um, so I had, a, I had, I, I was, I was asked to, well, it was, I wasn't invited, but, 
my boy's like, hey, man, you want to come and kick it with me? And we're going to go to Hawaiian Gardens to this church, Way Out Ministries. I was like, yeah, let's roll. So we go and uh, we show up and uh, you're there. Your wife's there. Uh, and um, I, that night uh, at the Way Out Ministries, the cafe, you begin to share your vision um, and your heart for what God had put in your heart. And so I want to I want to kind of give you this moment, this time to kind of you know go back and forth. And um, this new season that you're in, I'm, you've been in it. Yeah, yeah. I know you talked a little bit about the um, digital first, um, the ministry that God put in your heart. So talk to us a little bit about the um, the ministry that God put on your heart. The um, the the I guess you could say it's more of like an online church. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to butcher it. So I I'd rather you just kind of introduce a little bit. Yeah. Um, so this is where I I don't want to. I guess identify it as a specific thing that people could misinterpret. So my main thing would be this digital first. So the idea is when we were in Estonia, we would have conversations with people and we would ask them questions and we would just get like yes or no answers. Very short, very simple. And it was like, okay, cool. I guess they really want to talk. And you know, a lot of it, some of it is cultural. But what we found is we would go home and they would write us like these like paragraphs, like through Facebook Messenger, email, and they just communicated better through the online format. Um, a lot of it had to do with English, English being a second language or, you know, a thirty language sometimes for them. Um, and so what we found was the digital connection was easier for them. It gave us this idea that maybe this is easier for most people. So that kind of sparked the idea. And then we started working with refugees and people from closed countries who had underground churches. And we found that some of them were having like literal Christian community through online formats. Not nothing in person. It was literally like messaging, uh, sending videos of sermons, sending scriptures through just messaging because it was illegal to have a church. It was illegal to be a Christian. And so we really identified that, man, like this online stuff, like we're looking at it as like, oh man, it's this whole new thing, this and that. But these guys have been doing it for years already. So that brought us into that place of saying, okay, we believe two things. We believe we should reach as many people as possible through whatever we have available to us. What do we have available? Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, uh, StreamYard, like all these things that are at our fingertips, essentially for free for most of it. And we were like, you know what? These are platforms that we can utilize to reach people. So that's where the emphasis of digital first came from. On top of that, we still have a heart for the international Christian community, man. Like we, you know, our son was born in Estonia. So that will never be a place that we forget about or like, oh, like, yeah, we used to live there. It's like, no, man, that's a piece of our heart there. Mm, uh, you know, we, we wanted to go plant in Stockholm, Sweden. So that's always going to be something for us. Uh, we, you know, we had spent time in London, England with the church community there that, you know, we fell in love with all the people there. So there's, there's, I mean, there's places 
all over kind of that we just we connected with we developed community and so it was just like dude like can we stay connected somehow i think being online like being digital first like having community still in that online format so that's what it was birthed out of so the idea though is my heart in la was to reach active and creative families mm, okay uh, that was the the specific target so that's kind of who we we look at as we're trying to reach people like that so active and creative families active and creative families usually translate <laughs> to busy families mm. so i grew up in you know traditional church that uh you know my dad was a pastor i've only had uh, this is my this new wave la would be the i'm sorry fourth church i've ever been part of so i was in uh my dad's church i was in um a church in the southeast los angeles area and then i was with my uncle when we arrived back from europe he he just said hey man you guys if you just want to come be here just fellowship with us you know you, you can you help us with some things and just serve and be here you're welcome to be and i was like yes <laughs> so yeah. we went and spent time with my uncle here in cerritos he's a pastor of uh, praise chapel cerritos and so we that was our third church and then new wave la is our fourth church so i grew up mainly in the traditional church what i saw was this there's no time for anybody <laughs> it was like man sunday morning Sunday evening, Monday's Bible study, Tuesday's outreach, Wednesday's midweek, Thursday's uh, Bible uh, course study, you know, Friday's uh, Bible uh, home group, you know, Saturday morning is prayer. So you have Saturday to kind of spend some time with family or something if there's no special event going on. Mm, yeah. So then you have the 40 hour work week. The kids have school. So where does the family come into play of how to really live out our Christianity in our home and really to our other family members and other people around us? So this was something that I really began to push against. I really believe that if you took away what the pandemic did, took away the routine of church, families got exposed for who they really were. Mm, come on. Come on. So. The mom and the dad that were heavily involved in ministry and six days out of the week were at everything at the church. When that all got taken away and they were at home together, now they're talking about divorce. And now you know and you I'm, really don't I'm, like each other, no? <laughs> and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, and I'm not I'm not saying that to kind of throw stones or, or no, make no, it's, it, it was, it's reality. That that's not, I would say this, and this is me, in my opinion, and um if somebody gets mad at me for this, it's okay. My opinion is this, it's not their fault. It's the church's leadership. Because again, we've perpetuated this cycle of establish the system, support the organization, and essentially be the volunteer labor to grow a, a nonprofit organization. Versus how do we build families to live in community with Jesus just as a family. Wow. So that for me was a the other side of we're talking about digital first. I'm also talking about family. Like mm -hmm. a real family. Like 
where do we grow? Where do we help them grow? So I was thinking we can put a sermon online. We can chop it up and every day they can get a piece of something from a sermon and they can go home and have an evening together. Mm, okay. Instead okay. of Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night. It's like, dude, let's meet, you know, let's, let's try to build this online thing and then meet in person because I still, I still value community, man. I I'll say this. I miss Sunday mornings. I miss Wednesday nights. I miss Friday nights. I miss all that. Cause it was such a big part of my life. Like I'm, I'm an extroverted person. Like I, I love talking to people. I love hanging out. And so I miss that stuff. But at the same time, like, it's just the reality of like, man, when people are busy, how do we reach them? And then the busier, the family, usually they're, they're a little bit, um, their idea of Christianity is centered around whatever they're briefly taught on the Sunday morning that they're there. <laughs> cause sometimes they're not even in service cause they're serving in other areas. So yeah. So a lot of that was that it was, it was the refugees. It was the Estonians uh, speaking online and in Estonia, they developed Skype. So <laughs> they were already digitally minded. Um, and then you got the refugees and then you got the busy families. And these things to me just created this idea for let's, let's focus on something else real fast. Let's like, let's focus on putting Jesus back at the center. Mm, okay. Putting everything around that and not around building an organization, building a system. You know, it's let's build community, like real community centered around Jesus. The outcome of that for us, hopefully, and, and this is all, Everything's kind of like beta or an experiment. I don't know if this will work uh, mm -hmm. straight up. I don't know if it doesn't work. I'm okay with that because I know this. I have to try. I'll stand before God and God will ask me, did you do what I asked of you? And I could 100% say I tried, you know, success or failure. Hey, I know that I'm to obey what God asks of me. So I don't know if this will work. I don't know if it'll fail. I'm okay with either one. I just have to try it. And I, and I have to see it through, you know, like to keep going till I feel like this isn't working. It's okay. All right. What do we do next, Lord? You know, but that's where I'm at with it. And I'm, I'm really, I really believe this. If we can really find the way to connect with people and have real community, I think we'll see like really just the, like I said, the availability of people just saying, Lord, what do you want us to do? Versus, you know, Monday nights this, Tuesday nights that, Wednesday nights this, Thursday. So yeah, that's that's where I'm at with it, and that's kind of the idea behind it. It's a lot. I know that's a lot. I wish I could. No, take no, it. for sure, for sure. But um, yeah, so that's basically what it is. Um, I I really feel like uh, man, I'm really enjoying what you're saying. I really uh, like when I heard it the first time. I was like, man, you know, for me and, and the and the person has been in traditional church all my life to hear you know when you first said it the first time i was like, like mm, uh. but then you but then you think about it we get so busy in in ministry building an empire building the name outside the church that we neglect everything around us yeah and uh i have a friend who works for an attorney and he said during the pandemic the quarantine like you said, divorce skyrocket. Uh, uh, domestic violence, mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, suicide, 
depression. And this is in the church. This is yep. not the so uh, more from what he was telling me because he, he knew some people. And uh, I think we can get too busy for in the church that we just neglect our children. I remember one time, I'm, I don't know about you, but when I got, when the Lord touched my life, I went gun hole a hundred percent. And I went and I stayed in the church for probably the first 12 years of my walk. It was just ministry seven, 24 seven. And I remember my sister having a conversation with me. She said this, she said, man, you love that church, huh? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, you love it more than us. And I'm, I'm trying to justify everything. And she says, and all we get is the crumbs. We get your crumbs. You know, you, you're never around. You, you, you got nephews that are running amok. We, we, we never get you. The only time we get to see you is if we go to church. And I, I, I thought about that. I said, man, that's true. Like, I haven't, we haven't called to be stuck in a building seven days a week. You know, how many Bible studies do we need? How many, how many, and it just becomes, we just get so busy and, like, what is the motive? What is the real reason why we're doing what we're doing? And I love that when the quarantine hit, a lot of people were like, what do we do? Yeah. Oh, so now I got to be the youth leader. I got to be the worship leader. Yeah. I got to be the, because you're, you're nobody really cares about you anymore because, you know, that seat in the church, that was what identified you. And uh, now you're at home with people that you don't even like. They don't even like you. Yeah. And so I I look at what you're doing and I feel like, you know what, like, I don't know if, you know, from the outside looking in, like you say you value community and I'm sure you do. And, I, and, and this is just another, is this, are you, are you trying, and I'm not trying to fight with you. Don't, don't believe me. You know, no, like, are you saying I that I get it. <laughs> you're not trying to say, forget church, come and hang out with me online. You're saying this is another alternative uh, because the church has maybe lost balance. We've lost focus on what's important. Could it, could you say that? What yeah. Are, what are you saying? Like, okay, this is a, a this. You know what? Throw church away. Come and hang out okay. with me online. No, you're not saying that. I know you're Let's not say, saying that. Yeah. Let me let me let me say like this. There's um, for lack of an easier term, the ecclesiological expression. So using big words on okay. me. So the, the expression of what church looks like. Okay. Okay. So if you ever been to church in to, in another country, okay, it's different than America. Ooh. Okay. So so I, I, again, I'm looking at what church supposed to be like through the eyes of an American, through through yeah. how we. Okay. So if I only know that, then I think everything else is wrong. You, you, I would say this. I don't know if you think it's wrong. It's just, it's just something kind of foreign. Okay. Okay. No. So like for me, like I don't look at churches. So say we were, we're having this model or this expression of church. Okay. I don't look at another church who does it traditionally and think like, oh man, they need to close down and they need to change what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. I look at it as like, you know what, man, if Jesus is the center there, and it's a healthy church. I pray they thrive. Amen. That's I because we're on. We're literally on the same team. We're doing Amen. the same Amen. thing. We have the same mission and the same goal. 
So I don't look at other expressions of church or our formats and think like, oh, no, 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 no. Like I got the right. No, like, like I said, like I, it might fail completely. Yeah, I'm okay yeah. with that because I'm not saying I'm right. All I'm saying is that I, I really do believe that if, if we can take, so we have a thing called cultural context. We're so, we've grown up in our culture. We have that understanding of church, even God. Okay. So then you go into other countries and you see the way they worship. You see the way that they kind of do things. And you're just like, that throws you off because it's outside of your cultural context. Okay. So in all that is, is a different expression, even worship, man. Like some of these churches, they, uh, um, their, their worship, like it's extreme. It's extreme for them to lift their hands. Mm. It's extreme. It's like, whoa, did you see what they did? You know what I mean? Like, it's like that for them. Whereas, you know, you have like a church over here, you know, tambourines and flags, you know, like. And if you so, don't raise your hand, you're in sin. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get people to understand, like, I kind of know, I know where you're going with this because our church in America, it's we're told this is how you do it, and that's it. But you're saying in other countries, it's different, and so yeah. you're, and so the goal is to try. I mean, as simple as you can. I'm going to try something different. Well, not necessarily different, because, I mean, if you look at scripture, let's just take the Book of Acts. Okay. Okay. Let's say that we compared the early church to a Sunday morning in Downey, California, at any random church. Do they look alike? Probably not. Mm. So we could take the biblical definition of what church looked like in, in the Bible, where we get everything from, and it looks nothing like what we do oh, like amen. right now. And I'm not saying that to say like, oh, they're doing it wrong because it's all I'm saying is that I think, again, if Christ is at the center of it Amen. and nothing else, then we we need as many different churches as we can get. Um, not weird ones. I'm not like advocating that they would be, go start a weird church. And yeah. um, All I'm saying is that for me, like for what we're trying to do, scripture is at the core of it. Christ himself is, is literally the center of it. And then we build out from biblical definition of what church is. So for example, Christians need to pray together. Amen. Christians need to pray. Okay. Um, discipleship church or church planting is a byproduct of discipleship. You can't plant another church without discipling people. Because you literally only have the same people. So that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of things there that you have to look at. What's foundational to the church? Is that included in this expression? And if it is, is it biblically defined? Yes. Is Christ at the center? Yes. Is the, the scripture, the definition, uh, the, the yes and no of what you're doing? Yes. So, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's what I'm saying. So I value all the other stuff. I mean, like I said, uh, I miss some of it. I miss some yeah. of the traditional stuff. But at the same time, like, I feel like if we're not moving into these new areas, um, 
we're going to be the ones that are reacting. Mm. You know, okay. like we're reacting to how society has changed. You know, I mean, what is it? 20 years ago, worship to what it is now is completely different. So it was kind of like, when did that change? When did it become permissible? You know, um, I, I think it was, um, I forgot who it was. The guy that went on the radio and started preaching on the radio for the first time. It was like, oh no, you can't do that. That's demonic. Mm. Speak through the airwaves. But he was saying, I'm reaching more people through the radio than you do on a Sunday morning. True, true. So that for me kind of frames what I'm what I'm saying. Let's try this. It's it's not to say I'm against this. You know, I don't I don't want to be defined by what I'm against. I want to be defined what I'm what I'm for. I mean, I and I and I kind of wanted to clear that up. Yeah, I wanted people to understand your heart, and uh, not to cut you off, but I'm gonna cut you off anyway. Uh, I was listening to the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. I don't know if you. Oh yeah, <laughs> dude. Robert Schuler with the with the drive-in cars. Like yeah, he, yeah, exactly. Every time, so, every time somebody does something different, the next person says, "Oh, it doesn't look like what we're doing. That's wrong." And you're and and, and and I'm listening to you. I'm like, you know what? Makes sense because the radio guy, the TV evangelist. I mean, we have to the methods. Like I said, they 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 they, they change. The message, yeah, message stays, the stays the same. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was listening to that. It was crazy. I was listening to that today, and, and as you're talking right, I'm like. Because in that in that podcast, they were being they, people were saying what he what Robert Schuler was doing in Garden Grove, you know, like it's not going to work, and and people sitting in the cars, and 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 but I think what you're doing is you're just saying, look, there's another way of doing this. Yeah. As long as the Word of God is centered, and and God is centered, why not? And if it works, it works. If it don't, it don't. But hey. You know how many people are going to tap into this uh, to your uh, your weekly? They will never step in even to a Bible study. That's why we that's why we have Bible studies because nobody wanted to go to church. So we started. We have home Bible studies that someone says, "Hey, can I just come in my flip flops and sit on your uh, your couch?" And then six months later, they're active in the church. So, well, well I mean, you get the. You, there's a lot to look at. Even like the you look at the Jesus People movement. Mm. Vineyard, Calvary Chapel, I think it was Maranoff, all those, like yeah, this, yeah, yeah. There, was, there was a move of God that happened that literally the traditionalists or the traditional mindsets couldn't comprehend that these people were going to come to church and they didn't let them. So mm. literally God made up this new area, like this new culture of church. Yes. And they all went there. So like for me, it's just like, I don't, I would say this. I'm not worried about those that are against what I'm doing. I don't honestly, it's not a big deal. Amen. Um, I like that. I like that. I, I really, I really want to see, this is what I truly believe. And I think it, the video that you saw um, when I first talked about new wave LA, I literally had a dream. I, this is, I had a dream and I saw this wave coming over Los Angeles. And it was this massive wave. And I was in downtown and I was going to go into the U.S. Bank building. I literally put my hand on the door, you know, the big building in the center. And I put my hand on the door in the dream. 
and I was opening it and I just like the air, the atmosphere just like shift. Like it was like, like my ears, everything just like, and it got dark and everybody around me froze. We were all like, what the heck's going on? And then it was like, we looked up, like I, these are random people in downtown LA. And we, and this is in my dream. We look up and there's this massive wave coming and it was so big. It was higher than the, you know, the U S bank building. And, um, and I'm, and I had this dream years ago and I remember the water like in the dream literally just comes and it's just like, Poof! and I was, I was under and, and I woke up and that was it. I just remember like the wave hitting and this, this massive thing. And I always thought like I, for years, I was like, okay, I think I know how I'm going to die. <laughs> and I, I legit thought that for a while. And uh, I remember I was praying one time and it was like the Holy Spirit spoke to me and just was like, that. that's what I'm going to do in LA. Mm. I'm going to move so big. It's going to cause everyone to pay attention. And so as I really began to pray about this, it's not just LA, man. LA represents, think about this, little Ethiopia, little Tokyo, K-Town. You know what I mean? Like you got literally nations represented in Los Angeles and you have this move of God so big, it the whole city stops. So for me, New Wave LA, like NWLA Church, is this idea that I believe God's going to move. And like, you know, the surfer has to go out to, to cat, catch the wave. Like the surfer has to go out off the shore, waiting out there, and it catches the wave. That's all I'm trying to do. <laughs> I believe God's going to move. I want to position myself um, to be out there. And if, and if God's moved, we catch, we ride it, you know. And that's, for me, if there's any like spiritual depth there, like it's, it's not even scripture. It's just like in my spirit, like that's what I truly believe. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's the hard part. Cause it's like, I can't explain that to people without like, uh, it's something maybe weird or like, so you're doing all this off of a dream. It's like, uh, it's not that easy. <laughs> like, so no, no, definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's, that's for me, if, if, if there's people asking like, you know, why or, or what is it? It's, it's that it's literally, I believe God's going to move. I don't know exactly how or what or when, but I would like to be positioned to move with them. Yeah. You know? Um, I'm not a prophet. <laughs> I don't claim to be a prophet, but, uh, I see, and I'm not trying to be word anyway. I'm just, I'm just saying, I kind of see you as sparking things, you know, and pushing people, maybe back into the church or uh, realigning them with Christ, because we don't know exactly what God wants to do. We just know we got to be in the moment and say, you know, Lord, I'm going to do what you asked me to do. I don't know the end game here. Yeah, for sure. Like I know you, the end game is souls that I know, but how you're going to reach these people and how you're going to get, you know, like where they're going to end up. Like maybe somebody listens to you. And they follow you for a couple months and then they end up in a church or maybe they don't. But the point is, is you're going to reach people that the traditional church isn't going to reach. And that's yeah. I'm excited for you, bro. I'm excited for you because there is an entire group of people. You know, I, I, I learned this. Uh, I was told when I first came to the Lord, you're assigned to a, a, a people and you're assigned to a person. 
you know, a church. And the people you're assigned to reach, God has called you to reach them. And so through methods, through your personality, through your gifts, your talents, you're going to reach those people. And um, I'm excited to see in a year where you're going to be at and how many people may end up in a church or may not. They, they, we're defining church because we only know one way. Yeah. We're saying, hey, I, there's other ways of doing this. And uh, we're going to try it out. And if it yeah, works, it works. If it don't, but I don't. would say, too, one of the things is, like, we do eventually want to see, like, a group of people meeting weekly. Like, we want to see that. Yeah, so definitely. I was not, trying to – I don't know what emphasis. I was going to ask that. Yeah, like – Yeah, no, we want to see that. Like, th this is another thing. Like, if you look at our Instagram, NWLA Church, you'll see, like, I'll have, like, certain uh, people who with a song – so I have uh, my friend from uh, Chula Vista or San Diego, sorry. Um, he's uh, he, Daniel Among Lions. And he does a song that he wrote. Uh, and then I have uh, Ryan Bruce, who was from the Way Out Ministries. He's one of the pastors there. He, um, he, he does a song as well. And my thing is this, music was a big part for me. Like I can say this, my moment of salvation, like where I knew, I knew I was a Christian. Um, I was in my room listening to a CD. And it was literally this moment where it was just like, like, I, I don't know how to explain it to people, but it's like the Holy Spirit just came and like wrapped me in something. And it was like, dude, mm -hmm. like I'm a Christian. I'm not mm -hmm. like, no one has to tell me. I don't have to go up to an altar call. It, it wasn't in a church service. It was literally in my room listening to music. Yeah, I didn't and, get saved in an altar call either. You know? So, but that for me was like something that I, I take that, and I feel like these dudes that that are you know talented artists, like they share their music, and I truly believe that someone will listen to some of that, and either have an encounter with the Holy Spirit or just begin to see who they are and follow them. You know, like. I think not only can we have a platform to share the gospel and it'd be a platform to build a ministry, um, you know, NWLA church, but at the same time, a platform is not, I, I feel like my personal opinion, if God gives me a platform, it's not for my, it's not to be self-centered. Like you talk about the rise of Paul Mars Hill. Mm -hmm. If there's anything we could look at and learn from, it was centered around a dude. Amen. And, and that sucks because they, they were reaching people, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I feel like if there's anything we can look at, a platform, I think God wants us to share that. So, like, I'm always looking for, like, artists. I'm always looking for people who are gifted and talented that I could, I could bring them on and just give them, even if it's just, like, you know, 100 views or 200 views or something like that. Um, something where I could give them a platform so other people can hear them. Because I truly believe music is a powerful tool, as you said. No, no, definitely, definitely, yes. But yeah, that's a huge Amen. part of it as well. Amen. Uh, I, 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 I think I felt like I didn't want to just be like, like just jamming you, like why this, why, and I felt like it just it flowed. You know, you, you, you're trying something different. I really believe it's going to touch some people. You know, the goal is not to, to, uh, to say forget the church, come over here with me. I'm doing it better. But like, hey. I'm trying something new, you know, uh, but yeah, man, I, I, I'm like, I said, I'm excited to see what the Lord is going to do with you guys and through you. 
Um, I, I in a year, let's see what happens in a year, six months. I really believe the Lord is going to use you guys. And 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 I know we're strapped for time because uh, real life happens. Amen. Um, I like to always do this at the end. I, I, I don't mean to put you on the, on the, on the spot or nothing, but like if you know, uh, in closing, you know, anything that you like to share to maybe uh, church planners, uh, fathers, you know, someone who had the dream, you know, someone who got a vision, you know, what would be your last message if you had one to share right now, encouraging words to whoever it may be, something on your heart. I don't, I don't know. Okay. I, I, I could share this. Um, you know, as you mentioned, we were missionaries. We were missionaries for 10 years, actually a little bit longer, but uh, we were there out in Europe for 10 years as missionaries. And I remember one specific moment. Um, we had been in Estonia about five or six years at that point. And we, I was going and having prayer in the morning. And I went to prayer. And it was just me. And no one else showed up. And I was a little disappointed. But I really just asked God. Like I started talking, asking God, you know, just different questions, this and that. And I remember asking God, like I, I kind of pointed out the building, like, is this okay, Lord? Is this what you want? Is this, is this, does this please you? And I remember sitting there in Tallinn, Estonia, alone, and it was early in the morning. And I remember the Holy Spirit just speaking to me, saying, um, literally, like it was like the, the voice of the Father, I just want you. And I think for me, ministry, we have to get past all the other stuff and remember. Um, in our ministry, in our families, um, as Christians, the goal is is knowing our Father in heaven. The, the goal is knowing, walking with, with Jesus as Lord of our life. Um, and I think that's a big deal that I, that I hope would encourage people to remember that God just wants you. And all the other things, awesome, praise God. I, I hope you do amazing and awesome things. But in the end, man, God wants us. And I think if I can encourage you with that, uh, if you're maybe not in church, to let you know that God wants you. It's not about you being perfect. It's not about anything else, but God wants you. Um, yeah, even everybody in ministry, God wants you. So, yeah, if there's anything I could leave everybody with, it would be that. Yeah. Amen. What an amazing time in the Lord, man. Um, I, I'm so blessed and honored that you were able to come on here and share your life. I know we had, I had, a, I had a plan, but talking about the music and talking about just sharing it. I think what people can uh, take from this is your experiences and how you, you know, different seasons of your life. And uh, one of the things that, that I'm getting from you is if the Lord, I always tell people this, when God shows you, he only shows you. So sometimes not everyone's going to jump on the bandwagon with you. Not everybody's going to support you. I mean, just, to, you know, if God shows you, you roll with it. And uh, whether you, you know, like you're saying, whether it works or not, I'm going to do it. And so I want to thank you for coming on, sharing your life, sharing your heart. Um, I was sold. I was sold a long time ago. So I wasn't really trying to get you to convince me. I just wanted people to understand, like, yeah, this is something new. And yeah. anytime you come with something new, the traditions and culture and mindsets is, ah, no, 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 no. And then people begin to think what you're really trying to do 
And you're like, nah, I ain't trying to do that. Like, oh, you know, and so I, I'm glad we we're able to just pick your brain and just and, and see your heart for what it is. It's, it, it's, it's uh, you said we're all in the, uh, I didn't know if you, I don't know if you used the word gang, but we're all in the same business. It's the people business. We're all this, we're all, we're all for souls and we're all for people getting to know Jesus and you're just using a different avenue. And so, like I said, I'm excited for what the Lord is going to do with you and through you. And uh, I just appreciate you, man. I appreciate your honesty. And uh, I thank the Lord for you. And uh, amen. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. This is, this is really fun. Yeah, I appreciate it. You know, like, I'm going to be honest with you. I was like, okay, you know, like uh, certain certain um, guests I have, I'm, uh, you know, like, okay, I, I, I really like with you. I'm like, I, I really don't know this guy. You know, he's kind of different you know we grew up we grew up different but yet the same because i'm a church kid like i've been in church all my life i just had that little piece where i went to the world and i didn't i wasn't even good at it you know i was i was like i wasn't even a good drug addict i wasn't even and i was i was like one of those guys that like i look like a duck i talk like a duck but i wasn't a duck like i tried to be everything and so when i came back to the church it was just like okay you know what I mean? So I wasn't even good at, at at doing that, but I've been, like I said, I've been in church all my life, you know, and uh, and um and I've experienced a lot of what you experienced, and and I know that. I heard this pastor say this the other day: the body of Christ has hurt me the most, but it's been at the same time it's been amazing too. So we go through things, and we we go through our good seasons, our bad seasons. We go through ministry, but at the end. You know, we uh, we uh, we, we got to experience. And like I tell people, it's time for us to share our experiences and, and help people. And the biggest thing for me right now is the Lord has been bringing a lot of people into my life that are church hurt. Mm. And that they want to fall in love with church again. They want to fall in love with ministry again. But like you said, they're going back with the mindset. OK, what can I what? OK, what can I do? Instead of what you just, you said something, he just wants you. Yeah. And I tell people, and I tell people like, you know, we're so caught up in what, what we can do for God, you know? And so I'm going to add that to my, uh, to my thing where I'm going to say, you know, like, like Gabriel Menchaca says, God just wants you. Amen. But yeah. I appreciate you, man. Love you, brother. And uh, yeah, I'd, l- I'd love to uh, uh, do another one specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Uh, I really would love to see. Anybody involved with church that would like to go into full-time missions or anything like that? Um, I'm actually, I have the outline. I'm, I'm writing a book to help people get into full-time missions. Like, because where do you start? What do you do? You know, like. That'd be so dope. That'd be dope. Another one, talking with everybody who would want to talk about it. And then, um, yeah, church is a big one, too. <laughs> huh? Church hurts a big one, too. And you know what? Um, I think. You know, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I was telling somebody the other day, I, I got church hurt years ago. And, and I was listening to a podcast where he talked about not only being church hurt, but sometimes we can church hurt too. Yeah. And we don't even know it because we're so like, because we have that mindset. We got to get the job done. We got to show up. We got to, and, 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 and church and ministry become like a, like a duty, like a job. Okay. Game time. It's time to rock and roll. And in the midst of it, we do hurt people. So, amen. Church hurt is definitely a, a great, great topic. But yeah, you uh, the missions one. I think that's a that's a great one. 
you know, to uh, to do, man. I appreciate that. That'd be good. Part two. Yeah. All right, man. Hey, man. Well, thank you for your time. Yeah. I appreciate you. you, man. God bless you, man. All right. Have a good night. You too. Amen. What an amazing time in the Lord, brother, uh, pastor, brother, evangelist, uh, missionary, papa, hubby, friend. I mean, this dude is amazing. Uh, I was really blessed that I was able to connect with him and for him to share his life with us. But, you know, uh, we've been going for a little longer than we normally do, but uh, he shared uh, a lot, you know, and the brother is venturing out to new uh to uncharted territory i guess you could say breaking out of the traditional and the norm and just trying something different but one of the things i, I love about him he said i'm going to keep you got to keep jesus in the middle you got to keep it biblical and remember like gabriel menchaca says god just wants you amen god bless you have a wonderful night remember jesus is lord and here on the av podcast we do two things we give god glory and we tell stories. God bless you. Have a good night. Cuckoo.